Hi there, welcome back. We're gonna check out and see what's going on with Trumpy Von Schittler going to fucking jail. Trump threatens Bragg's wife. Incredible. If you're over 40 and Incredible. don't have life insurance, I've already been on lobbying the Justice Department this morning. Thanks for 96 So folks, of course, one thing we cannot stop talking about is how in the coming days, but even over a longer period, the indictment of old Donnie, while 100% justified and required and awesome to see, could lead to an uptick in violence, both in terms of violent rhetoric, but also direct violence caused by Donald Trump and his movement. And we have to talk about how people are preparing for that, but also look at the ways in which Trump, his team, and his movement are spurring all of this on. But we have to focus in on the latest disgusting tactic by Trump and his movement, which is to try and target and threaten the very wife of D.A. Alvin Bragg, the man who has brought the indictment against Trump. They are already trying to dig up, locate, and threaten and harass his wife. And my goodness, guys, it's just a sign of how ugly this is going to get. But to start, let's talk about the broader stuff, because the, the a former D uh, Department of Homeland Security head is very worried about Trump's rhetoric. No one wants a repeat of January 6th. No one wants to be caught unprepared. Uh, and so I'm sure so that take security him into custody, will, be, will be high for this event. Uh, take perhaps him into even fucking higher than custody. that is necessary. And you speak with authority and experience, not only as the former Homeland Security Secretary, but also the former General Counsel at the Department of Defense. How much weight do former President Trump's words actually carry around any developments in this probe? Well, if I thought it was significant, revealing, and, and troublesome that in the statement he put out on Saturday morning about the possibility of being arrested, uh, and he said, protest, take our nation back. The word peacefully never appeared in that statement, even though after January 6th, one would think that he would have the good sense to add that word. You know, the, the, the defense <laughs> that he sense. will have if he's charged with inciting an insurrection on January 6th is that someplace in that yeah, rambling speech he gave on January 6th where he called for his supporters to go to the Capitol, he used the word peacefully somewhere in that speech. Uh, that word does not appear in, in this statement. I think it's revealing that it does not appear in that statement and very troublesome. Former Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson, thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate having you here in the Situation Room. Thank you. Coming up, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping wrap up day two of their closely watched summit in Moscow. So you can see what he's saying, that Trump's words are violent in and of themselves, but there's also a violence through omission. Right? There's a violence through omission there. That by saying it in this way, you create a scenario where, you know, you, you can just call for death and destruction and call for people to come out. But without specifically making it peaceful or giving particular guidelines, you're sort of just allowing a massive mob, which has a prehistoric, you know, uh, past of violence to just do what they're going to do. And again, Trump does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. Republicans don't. Maybe I sound like a hypocrite. I don't give a damn. 
Republicans have to be assumed at this point that every one of their protests will be a violent protest. J6 is the, is the it, because of J6, at least MAGA Republicans can never be assumed to have any peaceful protest again. They just cannot be allowed to do that. Because right now, when Trump says death and destruction, you have to take that as part of J6. And so if you have people who are DHS heads <laughs> saying that they're worried, they should be worried. But you also have other people who have written books on Trump saying that right now we need, and especially officials need, to be strong. Because if they're not, Trump's going to fill the, the radio silence with violence, like what we're seeing against Alan, Alvin Bragg's wife, which we'll get to. I mean, Katie, this seems to be, um, or at least we've ascribed this as top of mind for the Justice Department, and certainly going through um, obtaining court approval to search Mar-a-Lago and the subsequent attack on an FBI field office means it's not just a concern, it's, it's a real threat. What Trump incites with his attacks on the institutions like the ones Tim is talking about, um, the Justice Department, law enforcement, any prosecutor investigating him. That said, mm -hmm. the facts are not in dispute. Frankly, most of them exist on, on tape somewhere between Michael Cohen's recordings, um, filings that the Justice Department under Bill Barr has already submitted and put in black and white that Trump directed and coordinated a hush money scheme to benefit his 2016 candidacy. Yeah, why what was do you make of inciting the, the very real the threat of violence from Trump's attacks on these institutions and the very solid body of evidence leading to this indictment. I think that Donald Trump is going to use the silence coming from the prosecutors to his advantage, or at least he'll try to. So as Tim as Tim said, to incite violence, to deny that he's done anything wrong. We saw this with the Mueller investigation. You know, prosecutors are generally bound not to speak of their work. And so if a defendant wants, they can fill that void with whatever it is they want to say. Generally, that hasn't happened to the degree that it has with Donald Trump, you know, but he is norm shattering. And so I don't think he's going to change course. And in filling that void, he will not only perhaps incite violence, which the FBI, the police in New York, they're, they're, they're anticipating. He'll also try to undermine the institutions of the United States. So it, this isn't really just a case mm -hmm. about Donald Trump. It's a case that tests the larger system. If he is able to convince Americans that he is really being persecuted, that this is wrong, that this is political, that has broader ramifications for far longer than however it is that we see Donald Trump on the political stage. Plus, he has the machine of a political campaign. This is not just a man crying in the wilderness. He has cameras on him. He has reporters following him. He has people coming to rallies because he is an announced candidate for president. So he still doesn't have the levers of the, of the federal government, but he has the levers of what he knows best, which is the lever of attention, which he'll continue to keep on him, yet. and he will continue to try to use to run it's it's such an amazing image sean hellman of a man crying in the wilderness i mean it kind of he should he must not be able to run and they're right there needs to be a strong response i understand the the real desire like in a regular case as rest of GOP traitors from Jan 6 insurrection.
Call Congress. Diaper Don must not be able to run for office. He must be disqualified from public office with 14th Amendment, as well as GOP traitors from January 6th insurrection. Agree? Call, call. Basically say nothing. To say that we'll speak through our filings, we'll speak in court, uh, this is an open investigation, and it's not appropriate to comment. And 99.9% .9 of the time, are j and so if you have people who are DHS heads saying that they're worried, they should be worried. But you also have other people who have written books on Trump saying that right now we need, and so you, you can just call for death and destruction and call for people to come out. But without specifically making it peaceful or giving particular guidelines, you're sort of just allowing a massive mob, which has a prehistoric you know, uh, past of violence, to just do what they're going to do. And again, Trump does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. Republicans don't. Maybe I sound like a hypocrite. I don't give a damn. Republicans have to be assumed, at this point, that every one of their protests will be a violent protest. J6 is the... Is the it, because of J6, at least MAGA Republicans can never be assumed to have any peaceful protest again. They just cannot be allowed to do that. Because right now, when Trump says death and destruction... You have to take that as part of J6. And so if you have people who are DHS heads saying that they're worried, they should be worried. But you also have other people who have written books on Trump saying that right now we need, and especially officials need, to be strong. Because if they're not, Trump's going to fill the, the radio silence with violence, like what we're seeing against Alan, Alvin Bragg's wife, which we'll get to. I mean, Katie, this seems to be... Charge him with AZ Central. Tucson, KBOA. Kega 9. Hey, um or at least we've ascribed this as top of mind for the Justice Department and certainly going through um, obtaining court approval to search Mar-a-Lago and the subsequent attack on an FBI field office means it's not just a concern, it's, it's a real threat. What Trump incites with his attacks on the institutions like the ones Tim is talking about, um, the Justice Department, law enforcement, any prosecutor investigating him. 
That said, mm -hmm. the facts are not in dispute. Frankly, most of them exist on, on tape somewhere between Michael Cohen. Hey, FBI. Most wanted. FBI, Arizona. Where's fucking Phoenix? Isn't there one in Arizona? FBI, Arizona. Or Phoenix? There's one in Phoenix that was attacked. Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. Boston Records, Wild. Uh, where's the FBI Phoenix? FBI Phoenix, there it is. <clears throat> I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> FBI jobs. Oh shit, this is April Fool's Day, I forgot. So now I'm putting that on Instagram. Hey, FBI most wanted, FBI Phoenix. Why wasn't Trump ever charged with inciting violence against your Phoenix office here in Arizona? That is terrorism. Charge him with terrorism. FBI jobs, FBI whistleblowers. Why don't you charge him for an April Fool's Day prank? At least, haha. -ha. <laughs> the fucking greatest prank ever. FBI jobs. I'll do it. Need somebody to do that?
Hashtag people. FBI. Green room files. Interesting. Yeah, Lita, tricolor. What is all this stuff? Okay. Dinch, 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 Bummer. I didn't see Governor. Students for Katie. Okay. Um, Dems. Democratic Underground. Occupy. Democrats. Midas Touch. Brat Ben. Midas Touch. Politico Mag, Politico, um, SNL, oh, oh shit, ah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fucking hilarious. Oh, it's just a prank, but it's real. Motherfucker. Yeah, I'd, I'd ask to collaborate with the um, FBI jobs. <laughs> I'll fucking lock him up. Put me in power. Put me in power, motherfuckers. I'll, I'll, I will take him down. <laughs> yeah. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. CBS News, Political Party, Washington Post, Kagan 9, Individual Sunshine State, Rolling Stone, TikTok. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, LGBT, whatever. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. I want, I want everybody to hear this. Forbes. Yeah, fuck yeah. Democratic Coalition. Mother Nature. Maybe not. Even that folks is a joke. <laughs> they fall. Oh, no, no, no. It was Comedy Central. FBI jobs. Okay. Good enough. For government work. Missouri, my baby is trending. Okay, let's get back to the show, Trista. What about Trump going to fucking jail? recordings, um, filings that the Justice Department under Bill Barr has already submitted and put in black and white that Trump directed and coordinated a hush money scheme to benefit his 2016 candidacy. What do you make of the, the very real threat of violence from Trump's attacks on these institutions and the very Thank solid the body of evidence leading to this indictment. How about that? I think that Donald Trump is going to use the silence coming from the prosecutors to his advantage, or at least he'll try to. So as Tim, as Tim said, to incite violence, to deny that he's done anything wrong. We saw this with the Mueller Charge investigation. You know, prosecutors are generally bound not to speak of their work. And so if a defendant wants, they can fill that void with whatever it is they want to say. Generally, that hasn't happened to the degree that it has with Donald Trump, you know, but he is norm shattering. And so I don't think he's going to change course. And in filling that void, he will not only perhaps incite violence, which the FBI, the police in New York, they're, they're, they're anticipating. He'll also try to undermine the institutions of the United States. So it's, this isn't really just a case about mm -hmm. Donald Trump. It's a case that tests the larger system. If he is able to convince Americans that he is really being persecuted, that this is wrong, that this is political, that has broader ramifications for far longer than however it is that we see Donald Trump on the political stage. Plus, he has the machine of a political campaign. This is not just a man crying in the wilderness. He has cameras on him. He has reporters following him. He has people coming to rallies because he is an announced candidate for president. So he still doesn't have the levers of the, of the federal government. But he has the levers of what he knows best, which is the lever of attention, which he'll continue to keep on him, mm -hmm. and he will continue to try to use. <laughs> it's, it's such an amazing image, Sean Hallman, of a man crying in the wilderness. I mean, it kind of... <laughs> I just thought of a great... And they're right. There needs to be a strong response. I understand the, the real joke. desire, like in a regular case, to basically say nothing. To say that we'll speak through our filings, we'll speak in court, uh, this is an open investigation, and it's not appropriate to comment. And 99.9% .9 of the time, that's the right thing to do. But because Trump has such a megaphone, there needs to be, within the bounds of still respecting his right to be innocent until proven guilty like any uh, criminal suspect, any uh, indictee, to say, to push back against his violence. Because if they don't, he will use that moment. And it will be like J6, or at least they'll try to make it like J6. And people, whether they're on our side or even on Trump's side, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, even Trumpers. I may not like them. I don't want to see anyone get actually babbitted again on Donald Trump's fault. But it will happen if he's just allowed to spout his BS. And this all... ...so notes, you know, that, that, that Trump's team, while accusing everybody of being fascists and communists, 
They're the ones sounding. Uh. Like it. And this is where the brag attack comes. Followed many of these cases. Uh, we don't assume anyone's guilty. But it's not exactly. Uh, a Thunderbolt out of the blue. That the Manhattan DA, after going through all of this, uh, when the Trump org has been convicted, when the lawyer was convicted, when the CFO was convicted, when the campaign chair was convicted, different case. Uh, Pop quiz. What's the fastest way to raise your credit score? Is it A, pay your bills on time, B, hire a credit repair agency, C, remove inquiries, or D, none of the above? The answer may surprise you, because if you're one of the 153 million Americans with a credit score below 720, chances are everything you thought you knew about raising your score... ...is not only dead wrong, but it's actually costing you thousands of dollars. And this is money that should be going into your bank account, not to the billion-dollar banks and credit card companies. The problem is, if you're like most people, you know your scores are lower than they should be, but you don't know how to fix it. Well, after seeing so many people suffering from this problem, one expert who worked inside the credit industry decided enough was enough and released a tell-all video revealing a little-known credit loophole that thousands of people are now using to raise their... And many more I didn't have time to mention that suddenly it finally got here, and yet... Uh, I want to air with a warning, uh, a, a comparison that is in many ways um, ahistorical and controversial. Um, but John, the Trump lawyers are out and they're comparing uh, this indictment um, to what the Nazis did. Take a listen. Yeah. We shouldn't pick the person and then try to find the crime. And if you read that prosecutor's book, Mark Parmans, who left the office in a huff and wrote a book, um, what he said was, they had Donald Trump, they despised and loathed him, and he was looking for a crime to fit the person. That's Nazi Germany era. That's communist China, Soviet Union. We do not yeah. do that in this country. 
John. You know, I think uh, we should flip uh, flip places on who the fascists are. The, the language of that attorney fits more the accusation he's making than that it should stick to anyone else. And the charge here involves three components, I think. One is I can grab, so this is the sexual part of it. Two, fraud, natural for Trump. And I say that because usually when we have a public figure like this, they spend all their time telling us what they didn't do and why they didn't do it. Instead, he accuses the government of making things up when we see so much of it publicly, we know it wasn't made up and that it's true. And the third part, of course, is that he combines the sex and he combines the fraud at a time in an election when it's very close with Hillary Clinton and he's anybody can grab the whatever and he's doing this. No one can tell me that this was a, a light element in his strategy to win that election using the electoral votes. And, you know, the Republican Party from a long time. I don't mean to hedge on. Uh, the expertise of another panelist, but the when you go back, <laughs> when you go back to Adams, well, I'm moving out of my my wheelhouse into something else. Well, so far, so you know, Adam, Okay, well, Adams, uh, and you can confirm this for me because I'm going to take a simple shot at this. Adams thought that Washington should be called his imperial goodness and his wonderfulness and so forth. And he and Hamilton both had this kind of monarchical view. Right. It was at a lower level than we see today. These guys have just thrown it out, and they're they're full autocratic, yeah. and they're coming home. You know, like, it's all projection. They're the ones sounding like they're 1930s Germans. They're the ones that are attacking the basic rules of law and order. They're the thugs in the street. So don't let people gaslight you into thinking that this is some assault on democracy. Rather, the assault on democracy is thinking that your authoritarian strongman is above the law. That's how fascism rises. Fascism doesn't rise when you hold the rich and wealthy and powerful to account. Fascism rises when you explicitly say those people are above the law and everyone else is crushed under their boot, right? But here's where it comes in with Bragg's wife. Because a, t a prominent Trump supporter tweeted out personal information about her and her name, which is not fully the same as Bragg's name. So they're trying to give people identifying information about her. And Donald Trump, to his massive group of followers, retweeted this out without any reminder to be peaceful or to respect Bragg's family when they say, Breaking, anti-Trump DA Alvin Bragg's wife, Jamila, um, Ponton, and then puts her Twitter hashtag, has locked her Twitter page, changing her account status from open to protected. For several years, she has railed against Trump and retweeted posts, calling him racist and advocating for his arrest. And Trump retweets that. And you can see what they're doing there. It's, it's, it's totally, uh, you know, clear. They want people to look her name up, look up where she works, look up where the kids go to school, look up where she volunteers, look up where she hangs out. Maybe she's part of some charity...
Call the press more charges of Look, treason and terrorism this against lady him. goes and harass her. And Donald Trump just did that. In, a, in no way will he ever be charged for doing this. He's just retweeting something with some basic info. But that's what the... It is to threaten and scare Alvin Bragg's wife. That's how low these people have gone. How if low you can you go? go? Even lower as the cases get more serious and they go from this is a big deal to you will die in prison level serious. You're, you're kidding yourself. Which is better, oat milk Which or cow's better? milk? Oat milk? So I'm taking a screenshot. All democracy lovers are gonna love this. <clears throat> Citizens arrest. Of uh, Trump. And GOP traitors. Jan 6. Hashtag insurrection. Add treason. Treason. Terrorism charges. Okay, and then hashtag Muddy Touch Muddy. Okay, great. Okay. I'm putting that on Facebook, my Senate page. Okay. 
Oh shit. Okay, and I'm going to um I'm gonna send that to myself, a copy of that. Oh shit. Method, method, method. Okay, and I'm gonna send this to uh, okay, I'm sending it to Mars Touch Podcast and Mars Touch Network. I don't know, do they ever see my up, I send them around. I'm just geofenced. I'm cool. Mm. Blackettmusic.com art promotion. If you're a fan of hard books, music, photography, yeah, books or artist support website linked above. We offer a thriving community section with group discussions, so that sounds cool. Forums, blog posts, reviews, and includes a mobile app for easy access. Multiple share threads with opportunities to post your work to larger communities. Los Angeles Times. Oh, whoa. I'd like to submit this comment to the news. Oh, cool. All right. As an experience, I'd like to pitch a few stories. Who to contact? Yeah, I got a contact now. LA Times. Good job, just, uh, they gave me a contact. <sighs> Fucking great. Super duper pooper scooper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, 
<laughs> Some story ideas. Okay, LA Times. <clears throat> Fidel Marceline Rivera, LA Times. Thank you, Celine. Um, so, LA Times. Fidel Martinez Fidmart. Okay, I'm not gonna. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and uh, Selena, Celine Rivera. Well, thank you, Trista. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> Great. Okay. So this is on uh, Twitter. Okay, that's nice of her to you know just take the time to look and respond. Most people don't respond because you're geofenced, just uh. so crazy, Kareem Wonderworld. Trying to shit on the fucking press secretary, White House press secretary. What is wrong with you people? Trying to, you know, shit on everybody. Okay. Anyway, just uh, thanks for like almost 100k, man. We're getting up there. So we are, as ever, hot on the fucking trail of Trumpy going to fucking jail. And we are, I am monitoring. Tessa Jones thanks or liked my comment thanking her for her work. One hour ago, Michael Cohn revealed shocking new details on Trump indictment. <laughs> Have you ever thought about putting energy efficient windows on your house? Energy efficient windows can literally save you thousands of dollars a year on electric bills. So, folks, we all know that Tuesday is the big day when old Donnie is finally getting dragged in. But you know what's really interesting is there's still a lot of details outstanding. We don't know the full scope of everything, and we likely won't know it all until that day. But late last night, early this morning, we all got a big favor from Michael Cohen, who released some shocking new details and insight into not only the indictment, but also the criminal and, you know, scared, terrified mindset of Donald Trump. It is some of the most riveting stuff you're going to see. I want to play you a couple clips. It's a bit of a journey. We're going to go through it. It really showcases a man that understands how important this is, how scared Trump is, but also how this is still a very dangerous moment and everyone needs to be vigilant, especially people like him who are directly involved in the process and may be put at risk because God knows 
what the Trumpers will do to try and free their man and what Trump will try to do to spur those people to do evil on his behalf. Here's the first clip through and through one of the best few minutes of Michael Cohen tearing down Trump you will ever see. Um, Donald Trump's attorneys were blindsided by this announcement to the point where Donald Trump was actually praising the grand jury and saying, look, I have new respect for this grand jury. They're not going to indict me at all. And the obviously the AG's office was very stealthy about making sure that they had no idea that it was coming, even though he previously predicted he was going to get indicted. Do you think that he was genuinely shocked and really believed that he'd beaten it? Yeah, because, again, Donald lives in Donald's head. And the fact that you had people like Takapina and you had people like Bob Costello and you had a whole slew of other pundits on this station as well as other stations telling you that when, for example, Bob Costello um, went in to testify, all of a sudden he's now impeached my credibility. Well, obviously we know that that's not true. In fact, nothing that he said clearly changed anybody's mind. However, you have the same thing with Takapina. He comes out there and he says, well, after Donald, of course, puts it out there that he's going to get indicted last Tuesday, rakes in another two and a half million dollars uh, in campaign donations. And then you have guys like Takapina running around and saying there's more than a 50-50 chance that Alvin Bragg is going to drop this case altogether, that Michael Cohen's testimony has now been um, basically disparaged to the extent that there is no more case and more than 50 percent likely that Alvin Bragg is going to drop the case. They do this because they think that by playing you know, the media game, that they're appealing to the court of public opinion, that that has any bearing on a court of law. And we all know that it doesn't. You know, um, Donald Trump is now bragging that he's raised something like $4 million. He's trying to, he's sort of out there with a lot of bravado, as if he's not afraid at all. But we now know that this is going to be a real booking. He's going to get his fingerprints taken. He's going to go through what you had to go through. He's no, not, go not, exactly, not exactly the same. Not exactly the same. <laughs> and, well, it's going to be very different. I mean, he is the former president of the United States, and there's a certain yeah. deference. You know, I was handcuffed. Um, don't forget, I went through that processing twice, second time with the unconstitutional remand that's you know the court uh over at the uh, 500 pearl street decided that it was important not only that i should be handcuffed but shackled as well i mean it's amazing that i could be handcuffed shackled i mean why don't they just put me in an outfit like hannibal lecter simply because the president got his pecker pulled by a porn star and i'm not <laughs> referring to david pecker either <laughs> Wow. And so you, and, and, well, that is an excellent point, because I think there is this sense that it used to be your job to help Donald Trump maintain this impunity. Right. And he's never really had to face the music, really, for the things that he's done. But to your point, he was able to use his Justice Department is who prosecuted you. So he's been able to manipulate prosecutors to get his way. And now he can't. You know this man. Do you think he's genuinely afraid? Because, as you said, it won't be the same, but he's still going to face a version of what regular people have to deal with. Yeah, it goes way beyond scared uh, or way beyond afraid. He's petrified. He could put on whatever fake bravado that he wants. Knowing Donald Trump, as we all do, who is not just forget about the fact he's a germaphobe. Uh, and so the fact that he's even going to be in this area is going to sort of make his skin crawl. At the same time, He's now being held accountable. And I think Neil Katyal turned around and said it. It's the first time in his life that the guy is actually being held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And 
Look, our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, dropped a 2,000-pound dirty deed indictment uh, right onto this guy's lap of accountability. Uh, and it's not something that he knows how uh, to deal with. Geez. And he's really looking for Stand somebody to figure out how to get rid of that, you know, 2,000-pound weight of accountability that's sitting on his legs. And it's just not possible. Now he has to, every time he closes his eyes, he knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer to having to go into, you know, the... Yeah. 80 Center Street and to be processed. Yeah. You know, um, Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution to try to defend him, making all sorts of threatening noises like, uh, out of a district attorney. Um, but you testified, uh, and I'll never forget this testimony, about the fact that Donald Trump would never leave office peacefully, that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power. That did happen. Knowing him again as you do, how concerned should we be, quite frankly, um, given what happened on January 6th and given the rhetoric that's coming out of his troops social pretend Twitter, how concerned should we be about the security of this DA, the security of our country and the courthouse, um, and really places around the country where there are Trump supporters who might be pretty angry on Tuesday? Well, you know, Joy, I, I appreciate um, what you're saying. The only problem is that everybody seems to leave out that there are a whole slew of witnesses like myself that are going to be testifying against Donald. And what Donald, you know, look, I, I appreciate the issue that is now confronting the district attorney, but you know, he's got police security around him all the time. There's a whole slew of witnesses that will be brought in. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's using that mob language, that mob code of that speech where he doesn't really say it, but what he's doing is he's sending two messages. The first message is you witness, you need to be concerned because I have a slew of millions of people that I'm speaking to. And then, of course, the second half of that code goes to those individuals for them to do or think that this is what Donald Trump wants you to do without Donald Trump actually coming out and saying it. And that's part of his superpower. Yeah. Uh, and are you concerned uh, for your he, safety? He, uh, I'm concerned for my safety every day. I'm concerned. What? Shrink your prostate in record time with this weird water hack. Even if you've been suffering with an enlarged prostate Still for months, ever years, the or even of fucking power, man. You or someone you know is ex That's a big one. Like, that's the, that's fantastic, right? And I want to just relay this second one. This second... I'm I'm erasing <clears throat> stuff from this message so I can uh Ah. 
So I'm putting, I'm attaching my, my, um, paper poles. Okay. It's also really important because it showcases how he is ready to do the job. A lot of people weren't sure how this was going to go down, and Cohen just released maybe one of the biggest details yet. And say, based on your questioning, I know, I know you can't talk about what happens inside the grand jury, that, this is, that you are not the only witness in this case. You may be the star witness. You're not the only witness in this case by any means. Thank goodness for that. Yes, I am not the only witness. Are you ready for this cross-examination? Oh, absolutely. Well, do you think it could be any worse than the Republicans during the House Oversight Committee hearing? <laughs> Nine hours with about five hours of it being lambasted by Republicans who didn't want to ask me a single question about their supreme leader. All they did is follow the message. And that's something that I had done for over 10 years with Donald. You follow the message that he wants. And that's what got me in trouble. You may also remember I said it was either to Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, or both of them. I know what you guys are doing because I know the play. In fact, I wrote the playbook. So look at what's happened to me. It's not good. And what happened to me will ultimately happen to you. And that's actually what's happening right now. One of the defenses here is likely to be this is a, wasn't about the election at all. This was just Donald Trump paying, trying to keep a personal matter private. Right. Um, the documents will speak for themselves. The documents? Yes. So not just your testimony? No. And it's also corroborating testimony, but it's documents. I promise you, this team under Alvin Bragg is as good as the team under Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn. And I didn't think I would ever come across a team as good as that. How do you expect these next several weeks and months now to go for you? Difficult, because part of the Trump playbook, I talk about it in, in Revenge, uh, all the time, what Donald Trump's playbook is all about is to disparage and to denigrate. And they're going to come to me every single day, like what Joe Tacopina does, uh, like what Bob Costello did. They're going to try to attack my credibility day in and day out, thinking that they're winning the Calling war, the which is monster. really his freedom. He lied to when you're not in protect. Like he's ready. Like there was like the, you know the confirmation about what exactly was going he to happen. We didn't know. Now he's saying I am ready to be cross-examined, which confirms that he is going to be on the stand, top witness. There's always a chance that you know they used Cohen as a background guy, but didn't necessarily call him on the stand. We don't know exactly, right? But this is a big detail, a big confirmation of the indictment that Cohen is not just a background guy, but will be there. And it's also a confirmation of the details of Trump's mindset around the indictment. Because make no mistake, the narrative right now from Trump is that this is no big deal. I'm going to be fine. If anything, this helps me. I'm raising money. Uh, my polls are up in the Republican Party. Uh, this is going to make me look like even more innocent than I already am. But in his core... He knows this is devastating beyond the GOP primary. In his personal life, in his business life, in the general indictment? he knows he's screwed. And he's, as Cohen says, one minute, one hour, one second, on one day, closer <laughs> to an orange jumpsuit. If you feed your dog dry food, stop and do this instead. This is raw, unprocessed meat after one week. And this 
is dog kibble after five years. Ever wonder what they're putting in it? Yeah, let's see here. In his life, that the guy is actually being held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And look, our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, dropped a 2,000 pound dirty deed indictment right onto this guy's lap of accountability. And it's not something that he knows how to deal with. And he's really looking for somebody to figure out how to get rid of that, you know, 2,000 pound weight of accountability that's sitting on his legs. And it's just not possible. Now he has to, every time he closes his eyes, he knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer to having to go into, you know, the 80 Center Street and to be processed. You know, um, Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution to try to defend it, making all sorts of threatening noises at the district attorney. Um, but you testified, uh, and I will never forget this testimony, about the fact that Donald Trump would never leave office peacefully, that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power. That did happen. Knowing him again as you do, how concerned should we be, quite frankly, um, given what happened on January 6th, and given the rhetoric that's coming out of his truth social within Twitter, how concerned should we be about the security of this DA, the security of our country and the courthouse, um, and really places around the country where there are Trump supporters who might be pretty angry on Tuesday? Well, you know, Joy, I, I appreciate um, what you're saying. The only problem is that Everybody seems to leave out that there are a whole slew of witnesses, like myself, that are going to be testifying against Donald. And what Donald, you know, look, I, I appreciate the issue that is now confronting the district attorney, but you know, he's got police security around him all the time. There's a whole slew of witnesses that will be brought in. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's using that mob language, that mob code of that speech where he doesn't really say it, but what he's doing is he's sending two messages. The first message is, you witness, you need to be concerned because I have a slew of millions of people that I'm speaking to. And then, of course, the second half of that code goes to those individuals for them to do or think that this is what Donald Trump wants you to do without Donald Trump actually coming out and saying it. And that's part of his superpower. Yeah. Uh, and are you concerned for your safety? I'm concerned for my safety every day. I'm concerned. That's a big one. Like, that's big. That's fantastic, right? And I want to just relay this second one. The second one is also really important because it showcases how he is ready to do the job. A lot of people weren't sure how this was going to go down, and Cohen just released maybe one of the biggest details yet. And so, based on your questioning, I know, I know you can't talk about what happens inside the grand jury, but, this is, but you are not the only witness in this case. You may be the star witness. You're not the only witness in this case by any means. Thank goodness for that. Yes, I am not the only witness. Are you ready for this cross-examination? Oh, absolutely. Do you think it could be any worse than the Republican? Not, not, exactly, not exactly the same. Not exactly the same. Uh, it's gonna we're going to drop the bomb on Diaper Don. States, and there's a certain yeah. deference we're going to drop um, the bomb on Diaper Don. Second time with the unconstitutional remand that's, you know, the court uh, over at the uh, 500 Pearl Street decided 
that it was important not only that I should be handcuffed, but shackled as well. I mean, it's amazing that I could be handcuffed, shackled. I mean, why don't they just put me in an outfit like Hannibal Lecter simply because the president got his pecker pulled by a porn star? And I'm not referring to David Pecker either. <laughs> Wow. And so you, it, it, that is an excellent point because I think there is a sense that it used to be your job to help Donald Trump maintain this impunity, right? And he's never really had to face the music really for the things that he's done. But to your point, he was able to use his Justice Department is who prosecuted you. So he's been able to manipulate prosecutors to get his way. And now we can't. You know this man. Do you think he's genuinely afraid? Because, as you said, it won't be the same, but he's still going to face a version of what regular people have to deal with. Yeah, it goes way beyond scared uh, or way beyond afraid. He's petrified. He could put on whatever fake bravado that he wants. Knowing Donald Trump, as we all do, who is not just forget about the fact he's a germaphobe, uh, and so the fact that he's even going to be in this area is going to sort of make his skin crawl. At the <laughs> same time, He's now being held accountable. And I think Neil Katyal turned around and said it. It's the first time in his life that the guy is actually being held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And look, our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, dropped a 2,000 pound dirty deed indictment right onto this guy's lap of accountability. And it's not something that he knows how to deal with. And he's really looking for somebody to figure out how to get rid of that, you know, 2,000 pound weight of accountability that's sitting on his legs. And it's just not possible. Now he has to, every time he closes his eyes, he knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer to having to go into, you know, the 80 Center Street and to be processed. You know, um, Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution to try to defend him, making all sorts of threatening noises at the district attorney. Um, but you testified, uh, and I will never forget this testimony, about the fact that Donald Trump would never leave office peacefully, that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power. That did happen. Knowing him again as you do, how concerned should we be, quite frankly, um, given what happened on January 6th and given the rhetoric that's coming out of his troops social pretend Twitter, how concerned should we be about the security of this DA, the security of our country and the courthouse, um, and really places around the country where there are Trump supporters who might be pretty angry on Tuesday? Well, you know, Joy, I, I appreciate um, what you're saying. The only problem is that everybody seems to leave out that there are a whole slew of witnesses like myself that are going to be testifying against Donald. And what Donald, you know, look, I, I appreciate the issue that is now confronting the district attorney, but you know, he's got police security around him all the time. There's a whole slew of witnesses that will be brought in. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's using that mob language, that mob code of that speech where he doesn't really say it, but what he's doing is he's sending two messages. The first message is you witness, you need to be concerned because I have a slew of millions of people that I'm speaking to. And then, of course, the second half of that code goes to those individuals for them to do or think that this is what Donald Trump wants you to do without Donald Trump actually coming out and saying it. And that's part of his superpower. Yeah. Uh, and are you concerned for your safety? I'm concerned for my safety every day. I'm concerned.
that's a big one. Like, that's the... That's fantastic, right? And I want to just relay this second one. The second one is also really important because it showcases how he is ready to do the job. A lot of people weren't sure how this was going to go down, and Cohen just released maybe one of the biggest details yet. And say, so based on your questioning, I know, and I know you can't talk about what happens inside the grand jury, that this is that you are not the only witness in this case. You may be the star witness. You're not the only witness in this case by any means. Thank goodness for that. Yes, I am not the only witness. <laughs> are you ready for this cross-examination? Oh, absolutely. Look, do you think it could be any worse than the Republicans during the House Oversight Committee hearing? Nine hours with about five hours of it being lambasted by Republicans who didn't want to ask me a single question about their supreme leader. All they did is follow the message. And that's something that I had done for over 10 years with Donald. You follow the message that he wants. And that's what got me in trouble. You may also remember I said it was either to Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, or both of them. I know what you guys are doing because I know the play. In fact, I wrote the playbook. So look at what's happened to me. And it's not good. And what happened to me will ultimately happen to you. And that's actually what's happening right now. One of the defenses here is likely to be this is a, wasn't about the election at all. This was just Donald Trump paying, trying to keep a personal matter private. Right. Um, the documents will speak for themselves. The documents? Yes. So not just your testimony? No. And it's also corroborating testimony, but it's documents. I promise you, this team under Alvin Bragg, is as good as the team under Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn. And I didn't think I would ever come across a team as good as that. How do you expect these next several weeks and months now to go for you? Difficult, because part of the Trump playbook, I talk about it in, in Revenge, uh, all the time. what Donald Trump's playbook is all about is to disparage and to denigrate. And they're going to come to me every single day like what Joe Tacopina does, uh, like what Bob Costello did. They're going to try to attack my credibility day in and day out, thinking that they're winning the war, which is really his freedom, when you're not. In <laughs> like, he's ready. Like, there was, like, you know, the confirmation about what exactly was going to happen, we didn't know. Now he's saying, I am ready to be cross-examined, which confirms that he is going to be on the stand, top witness. Yeah. There's always a chance that, you know, they used Ow. Cohen as a background guy, but didn't necessarily call him on the stand. We don't know exactly, right? But this is a big detail, a big confirmation of the indictment, that Cohen is not just a background guy, but will be there. Yeah. And it's also a confirmation of the details of Trump's Star mindset witness. around yeah. the indictment. Because make no mistake, the narrative right now from Trump is that this is no big deal, I'm gonna be fine, if anything this helps me, I'm raising money, uh, my polls are up in the Republican Party, uh, this is gonna make me look like even more innocent than I already am, but in his core, he knows this is devastating beyond the GOP primary. In his personal life, in his business life, in the general election, he knows he's screwed, and he's, as Cohen says, one minute, one hour, one second, one day, closer to an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me, man. Making some yellow high curry chicken fly life. 
fried brown, like, more like brown, like rice brown. Rice hash brown. Oh, shit. This is my makeover. Cohen, yeah, he's a fucking hero, dude. Y'all obviously can't recognize personal quality <clears throat> when you see one. Jabs that have absolutely no powers of discernment or discrimination in presidential choices. It's a bit of a journey. We're going to go through it. It really showcases a man that understands how important this is, how scared Trump is, but also how this is still a very dangerous moment and everyone needs to be vigilant, especially people like him who are directly involved in the process and may be put at risk because God knows what the Trumpers will do to try and free their man, and what Trump will try to do to spur those people to do evil on his behalf. Here's the first clip, through and through, one of the best few minutes of Michael Cohen tearing down Trump you will ever see. Um, Donald Trump's attorneys were blindsided by this announcement to the point where Donald Trump was actually praising the grand jury and saying, look, I have new respect for this grand jury. They're not going to indict me at all. And the obviously the AG's office was very stealthy about making sure that they had no idea that it was coming, even though he previously predicted he was going to get indicted. Do you think that he was genuinely shocked and really believed that he'd beaten it? Yeah, because, again, Donald lives in Donald's head. And... The fact that you had people like Takapina and you had people like Bob Costello and you had a whole slew of other pundits on this station as well as other stations telling you that when, for example, Bob Costello um, went in to testify, all of a sudden he's now impeached my credibility. Well, obviously we know that that's not true. In fact, nothing that he said clearly changed anybody's mind. However, you have the same thing with Takapina. He comes out there and he says, well... After Donald, of course, puts it out there that he's going to get indicted last Tuesday, rakes in another two and a half million dollars in campaign donations. And then you have guys like Takapina running around and saying there's more than a 50-50 chance that Alvin Bragg is going to drop this case altogether, that Michael Cohen's testimony has now been... um, basically disparaged to the extent that there is no more case and more than 50% likely that Alvin Bragg is going to drop the case. They do this because they think that by playing you know, the media game, that they're appealing to a court of public opinion, that that has any bearing on a court of law. And we all know that it doesn't. 
You know, um, Donald Trump is now bragging that he's raised something like $4 million. He's trying to, he's sort of out there with a lot of bravado, as if he's not afraid at all. But we now know that this is going to be a real booking. He's going to get his fingerprints taken. He's going to go through what you had to go through. He's no, not, go not, exactly, not exactly the same. Not exactly not the same. And, well, it's going to be very different. I mean, he is the former president of the United States, and there's a yeah. certain deference. You know, I was handcuffed. Um, don't forget, I went through that processing twice. Second time with the unconstitutional remand that's, you know, the court uh, over at the uh, 500 Pearl Street decided that it was important not only that I should be handcuffed, but shackled as well. I mean, it's amazing that I could be handcuffed, shackled, and you know, they just put me in an outfit like Hannibal Lecter simply because the president got his pecker pulled by a porn star. And I'm not referring to David Pecker either. Wow. And so you, and, and, well, that is an excellent point, because I think there is this sense that it used to be your job to help Donald Trump maintain this impunity, right? And he's never really had to face the music, really, for the things that he's done. But to your point, he was able to use his Justice Department is who prosecuted you. So he's been able to manipulate prosecutors to get his way, and now we can't. You know this man. Do you think he's genuinely afraid? Because, as you said, it won't be the same, but he's still going to face a version of what regular people have to deal with. Yeah, it goes way beyond scared uh, or way beyond afraid. He's petrified. He could put on whatever fake bravado that he wants. Knowing Donald Trump, as we all do, who is not just forget about the fact he's a germaphobe. Uh, and so the fact that he's even going to be in this area is going to sort of make his skin crawl. At the same time, He's now being held accountable. And I think Neil Katyal turned around and said it. It's the first time in his life that the guy is actually being held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And look, our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, dropped a 2,000 pound dirty deed indictment right onto this guy's lap of accountability. And it's not something that he knows how to deal with. And he's really looking for somebody to figure out how to get rid of that, you know, 2,000 pound weight of accountability that's sitting on his legs. And it's just not possible. Now he has to, every time he closes his eyes, he knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer to having to go into, you know, the 80 Center Street and to be processed. You know, um... Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution to try to defend him, making all sorts of threatening noises at of a district attorney. Um, but you testified, uh, and I will never forget this testimony, about the fact that Donald Trump would never leave office peacefully, that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power. That did happen. Knowing him again as you do, how concerned should we be, quite frankly, um, given what happened on January 6th? And given the rhetoric that's coming out of his truth social pretend Twitter, how concerned should we be about the security of this DA, the security of our country and the courthouse um, and really places around the country where there are Trump supporters who might be pretty angry on Tuesday? Well, you know, Joy, I, I appreciate um, what you're saying. The only problem is that everybody seems to leave out that there are a whole slew of witnesses like myself that are going to be testifying against Donald. And what Donald, you know, look, I, I appreciate the issue that is now confronting the district attorney, but, you know, he's got police security around him all the time. There's a whole slew of witnesses that will be brought in. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's using that mob language, that mob code of that speech where he doesn't really say it. But what he's doing is he's 
sending two messages. The first message is, you witness, you need to be concerned because I have a slew of millions of people that I'm speaking to. And then, of course, the second half of that code goes to those individuals for them to do or think that this is what Donald Trump wants you to do without Donald Trump actually coming out and saying it. And that's part of his superpower. Yeah. Uh, and are you concerned for your safety? I'm concerned for my safety every day. I'm concerned. That's a big one. Like, that's the, that's fantastic, right? And I wanted this is how scared Trump is, but also how this is still a very dangerous moment and everyone needs to be vigilant, especially people like him who are directly involved in the process and may be put at risk because God knows what the Trumpers will do to try and free their man and what Trump will try to do to spur those people to do evil on his behalf. Here's the first clip through and through one of the best few minutes of Michael Cohen tearing down Trump you will ever see. Um, Donald Trump's attorneys were blindsided by this announcement. <clears throat> to the point where Donald Trump was actually praising the grand jury and saying, look, I have new respect for this grand jury. They're not going to indict me at all. And the obviously the AG's office was very stealthy about making sure that they had no idea that it was coming, even though he previously predicted he was going to get indicted. Do you think that he was genuinely shocked and really believed that he'd beaten it? Yeah, because, again, Donald lives in Donald's head. And... The fact that you had people like Takapina and you had people like Bob Costello and you had a whole slew of other pundits on this station as well as other stations telling you that when, for example, Bob Costello um, went in to testify, all of a sudden he's now impeached my credibility. Well, obviously we know. From the former president. Exclamation point. In one post. So I wrote, absolutely psychotic behavior from the former president. 
In one post, he's attacking the prosecutor with a baseball bat to the head. Then he tries to suck up to the jury. He should have definitely a social media ban and should have been fucking locked up a couple years ago. It's not true. In fact, nothing that he said clearly changed anybody's mind. However, you have the same thing with Takapina. He comes out there and he says, well, after Donald, of course, puts it out there that he's going to get indicted last Tuesday. to help Donald Trump maintain this impunity, right? And he's never really had to face the music, really, for the things that he's done. But to your point, he was able to use his Justice Department as a prosecutor, too. So he's been able to manipulate prosecutors to get his way, and now he can't. You know this man. Do you think he's genuinely afraid? Because, as you said, it won't be the same, but he's still going to face a version of what regular people have to deal with. Yeah, it goes way beyond scared uh, or way beyond afraid. He's petrified. He could put on whatever fake bravado that he wants. Knowing Donald Trump, as we all do, who is not just forget about the fact he's a germaphobe. Uh, and so mm -hmm. the fact that he's even going to be in this area is going to sort of make his skin crawl. At the same mm -hmm. time, He's now being held accountable. And I think Neil Katyal turned around and said it. It's the first time in his life that the guy is actually being held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And look, our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, dropped a 2,000 pound dirty deed indictment right onto this guy's lap of accountability. And it's not something that he knows how to deal with. And he's really looking for somebody to figure out how to get rid of that you know, 2,000 pounds weight of accountability that's sitting on his legs, and it's just not possible. Now he has to, every time he closes his eyes, he knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer to having to go into, you know, the 80 Center Street and to be processed. You know, um... Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution to try to...
to try to defend him, making all sorts of threatening noises at Donald Trump has a whole cadre of political figures who are really violating the Constitution. Closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer. Closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer. Closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one day closer. Closes his eyes. Closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. To the orange jumpsuit, come out with your hands up. He closes his eyes. <laughs>
closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Who's there to an orange jumpsuit? Uh-huh. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Who's there to an orange jumpsuit? Closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck-ass Trump, come out with your hands up. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck-ass Trump, come out with your hands up. <laughs> he closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. <laughs> he closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, <clears throat> one. Closer to an orange jumpsuit. Donald Duck ass Trump, come out with your hands up. You're under arrest for every crime. He closes his eyes. He knows that he's one minute, one hour, one.
Taking any good still images. Trying to get a good picture. Uh, we can't see my scar very well. Exclamation point. Come out with your hands up. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. You dropped the bomb on me. The threatening noise of a district attorney. Um, but you testified, uh, and I will never forget this testimony, about the fact that Donald Trump would never leave office peacefully, that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power. That did happen. Knowing him again as you do, how concerned should we be, quite frankly, um, given what happened on January 6th? And given the rhetoric that's coming out of his truth social pretend Twitter, how concerned should we be about the security of this DA, the security of our country and the courthouse, um, and really 
places around the country where there are Trump supporters who might be pretty angry on Tuesday. Well, you know, Joy, I, I appreciate um, what you're saying. The only problem is that everybody seems to leave out that there are a whole slew of witnesses like myself that are going to be testifying against Donald. And what Donald, you know, look, I, I appreciate the issue that is now confronting the district attorney, but you know, he's got police security around him all the time. There's a whole slew of witnesses that will be brought in. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's using that mob language, that mob code of that speech where he doesn't really say it. But what he's doing is he's sending two messages. The first message is you witness, you need to be concerned because I have a slew of millions of people that I'm speaking to. And then, of course, the second half of that code goes to those individuals for them to do or think that this is what Donald Trump wants you to do without Donald Trump actually coming out and saying it. And that's part of his superpower. Yeah. Uh, and are you concerned for your safety? I'm concerned for my safety every day. I'm concerned. That's a big one. Like, that's the... That's fantastic, right? And I want to just relay this second one. The second one is also really important because it showcases how he is ready to do the job. A lot of people weren't sure how this was going to go down, and Cohen just released maybe one of the biggest details yet. And say, based on your questioning, I know, and I know you can't talk about what happens inside the grand jury, but this is that you are not the only witness in this case. You may be the star witness. You're not the only witness in this case by any means. Thank goodness for that. Yes, I am not the only witness. Are you ready for this cross-examination? Oh, absolutely. Well, do you think it could be any worse than the Republicans during the House <laughs> Oversight Committee hearing? Nine hours with about five hours of it being lambasted by Republicans who didn't want to ask me a single question about their supreme leader. All they, they did don't is want follow any the truth message. And that's something that I had done for over 10 years Just with Donald. Cover up. He followed the message that Aiding he wants. And, abetting. and that's what got me in trouble. You may also remember Terrorists. I said it was either to Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, or both of them. I know what you guys are doing because I know the play. In fact, I wrote the playbook. So look at what's happened to me. It's not good. And what happened to me will ultimately happen to you. And that's actually what's happening right now. One of the defenses here is likely to be this is a, wasn't about the election at all. This was just Donald Trump paying, trying to keep a personal matter private. Right. Um, the documents will speak for themselves. The documents? Yes. So not just your testimony? No. And it's also corroborating testimony, but it's documents. I promise you, this team under Alvin Bragg, is as good as the team under Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn. And I didn't think I would ever come across a team as good as that. How do you expect these next several weeks and months now to go for you? Difficult, because part of the Trump playbook, I talk about it in, in Revenge, uh, all the time. what Donald Trump's playbook is all about is to disparage and to denigrate. And they're going to come to me every single day. Like what Joe Tacopino does. Intimidating uh, the witnesses. Like what Mark Costello did. They're going to try to attack my credibility day in and day out, thinking that they're winning the war, which is really his freedom, when you're not. In like, he's ready. Like, there was, like, you know, the confirmation about what exactly was going to happen, we didn't know. Now he's saying, I am ready to be cross-examined, which confirms that he is going to be on the stand top witness. There's always a chance 
that, you know, they Scared used Thor as a background guy, but didn't necessarily call him on the stand. We don't know exactly, right? But this is a big detail, a big confirmation of the indictment, that Cohen is not just a background guy, but will be there. And it's also a confirmation <laughs> of the details of Trump's mindset around the indictment. Because make no mistake, the narrative right now from Trump is that this is no big deal. I'm going to be fine. If anything, this helps me. I'm raising money. Uh, my polls are up in the Republican Party. Uh, this is going to make me look like even more innocent than I already am. But <laughs> in his core, he knows this is devastating beyond the GOP primary. In his personal life, in his business life, in the general election, he knows he's screwed. And he's, as Cohen says, one minute, one hour, one second, one day closer to an orange jumpsuit. You dropped the bomb on me, freedom. You dropped the bomb on me. Why don't you add charges of intimidating the witnesses? Question mark. And terrorism. Diapered on intimidating witnesses. You dropped the bomb on me, baby.
And, uh, and DOJ, where are the fu those fucking terrorism treason charges? Midas net, Midas touch, Midas touch. Midas, everything I. Law books. According to law.
the justice DEPT. See here, justice depart justice. Department. Garage. Garage zone. What is garage zone? Dark Justice, Young Justice, DC. What the fuck is that? Right now, I'm, I'm fixing this up. Hmm, Hakeem Jeffries, maybe? Can I tag him? Maybe not, because I'm not following them. Select all. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. <laughs> okay, let's see what else has got. Awesome stuff. Jamal Bowman. I should yeah. bring that. Sell that, yeah. Shit, where's anything new on my touch, man? Mm, top Democrat erupts at Republicans to their face outside. Thanks, guys. Two hours ago. To their face outside house chamber. Good. Citizens arrest. Democratic Representative Jamal Bowman has had enough of the Republican Party's lack of concern for gun violence. So now, he's standing in the halls of the Capitol and calling these cowards out to their faces. I'm Gabe Sanchez, and if you'd like to support this show and get some bonus extras, you can join my Patreon at whatwasthatshow.com. Now... and barred from public office under 14th Amendment! Exclamation point. Talk about it. For more on these apathetic Republicans, it's time for What Was That? The sad truth is, another day in America means another mass shooting. And while Republicans don't care about mass shootings anymore, Democrats like Representative Jamal Bowman, who is a former teacher and school principal, isn't holding anything back. They have control in the house! 
choosing to sit idly by as children die. It's disgusting and unacceptable. And Jamal Bowman is just getting started. And they go to the Senate and ask the same questions. They're cowards. They're all cowards. They won't do anything to save the lives of our children at all. Cowards. Pressure them. Force them to respond to the question, why the hell won't you do anything to save America's children? And let them explain that. You know, the guy who sent this Christmas photo of his family. Why Republicans act so bad shit crazy? I'm uh, tagging Jamal Bowman, Corey Bush. Associated Press. Midas Touch, Midas Touch, mm, AFP. Hold on. Politics. Popak. How about Popak? 
Lightest Touch Podcast. Ah, Occupy Democrats. AOC. I reached the 10 person limit, so. And I'm posting that on Instagram. So I'm tagging him on Instagram, Repo Man. Corey Bush. What's that? Oh, sounds like I've got a new some new chicks going on, man. Ooh. Politico. Hmm. Really? 